0: Okay, Um, good day and welcome to yet another special edition of this special podcast, Offside Musings. Uh, I'd like to welcome you. Uh, My name is, by the way, Zouke Ndibe, and I'd like to welcome you uh, on behalf of my co-host, Emeko Nyagua, who will be joining me uh, in a second. Um, In this special edition, uh, we'd like to talk about Uh, A recent development in Nigeria, which we had expected, would generate a lot more uh, public conversation, uh, a lot more debate, in fact, a lot more, shall we say, outrage. Unfortunately, uh, we haven't seen uh, the uh, kind of conversation that we expected uh, should come from Uh, this development, and we're speaking particularly, specifically, uh, about um, the release of the Auditor General's report looking at the expenditure of public funds in Nigeria. I'd like to just x-ray or to highlight two quick findings of this latest uh, report by the Auditor General's Office in Nigeria. One is That the report could not account. Oh, the report said that uh, federal ministries and as well as agencies in Nigeria could not account for the expenditure of 324 billion naira. Now, that's quite close to a billion dollars. That's what we're talking about. Uh, In a country uh, where 70% of the population lives in not just poverty, but something approaching abject poverty, Uh, this is not um, the kind of reaction we expected uh, to see um, when there is this level of um, uh, abuse or misuse of public funds. So that's one. The other area that um, we would like to highlight is that the same Auditor General's report found that uh, federal lawmakers, legislators in Nigeria, um, at the federal level, uh, could not account, could not provide vouchers and invoices for 5.2 billion Naira that they had spent. Now, why is this important? The National Assembly is the agency that should scrutinize and hold the executive accountable when there is shortfall or when there is misuse of public funds. When the same legislators are involved in um, hanky-panky, in the spending of public funds that are not accounted for, then the country is in trouble. Of course we know that this is not a new development. If anything, this is something that is rather perennial. This is something that has been going on for decades where year after year, the Auditor the general issues a report uh, finding that funds have gone uh, missing um, and it's as if Nigerians yawn and move on. Well, we suggest, and that's part of the mission of this uh, podcast, we suggest that we cannot be part of this collective amnesia about corruption and its deep consequences, its deep implications for the country's wretched development, for the country's continued inability to to, to attain anything close to its promise. So we want to keep these issues uh, um, on, on the front burner. Uh, we want to um, present that information to Nigerians and to invite different sectors of civil and civic society in Nigeria to engage uh, at all kinds of levels, through political pressure, through litigation and so on, to compel the government to, A, identify every official who is involved in the... um, uh, in, in basically in the embezzlement uh, at this point, we can say in the embezzlement of public funds uh, to hold them to account, to uh, have them return the resources that they have stolen from the country and indeed uh, to jail them. We know that Nigeria doesn't have a good history of uh, prosecution of corruption. Uh, some people will think that um, you know, uh, because people like Ibori, uh, Loki or Joshua Darrier, uh Cecilia Ibru, just a handful, really, um, uh, or Juzo uh, a handful of political figures as well as people in the private sector uh, have in the past been convicted and jailed uh, for corruption, that that's a record to... Uh, to be uh, happy with, our argument is that this is not nearly enough, that given the depth of corruption in Nigeria, we should have a more robust prosecution of of corruption. And so, again, I'd like to welcome you to this week's uh, conversation with my co-host Emeka who will be joining me now. Please stay tuned. That's That was... Um, By the way, when you talk, yeah. is it okay to look at you or Yeah, no, I... no, you can look at me. Oh, even okay, better. Good. Oh, it doesn't matter, man. Okay, it's a good. podcast.
1: Good. It's supposed to be real. It's mm-hmm. not a Hollywood production. wonderful <laughs> Put that in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, man, I mean, like, like you know, that was, that was another bullet, um, oh. a, a one bullet point. That was, a, that was a bullet point that you just had, man. Um, absolutely. Um, and for, for me, you know, I I kind of applaud you, your drive to point it out. Like um, I asked you during the week, your favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes, and you said um, a story.
0: That must be told, never forgive silence. There you go. That's actually a line from uh, my first novel, Arrows of Rain.
1: I, I think it's a fantastic quote that kind of um, epitomizes who you are. Like mm-hmm. you feel this story should be told. And I, I, I also feel like people should... Um, um tell these stories it's 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 outrageous a billion dollars missing Mm -hmm. in a country that so many government workers are not getting paid forget about even private sector a lot of government workers are not getting paid Mm -hmm. a lot of infrastructure any kind of challenge you could think a society should have exists mm-hmm. in 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 abundance in Nigeria which money with that kind of money could help make it dense into that's right but it's just missing and mm-hmm. almost certainly it's been t- it's been stolen yes. almost certainly it's overseas somewhere mm-hmm. we've seen this movie yeah so. we've seen
0: it again and again and you know part of what's uh, really so sad so devastating about this right is that in the end um, what the uh, Auditor General has found r- still represents a mere fraction, really, of the resources that have been stolen and that are stolen every year uh, from Nigeria. It's, it's a small fraction. And as you rightly said, um, it's not as if Nigeria has a luxury of, of prosperity, that we have money all over the place. The point that you made is so pertinent that this is a country where we're, we're now unable to address basic problems. We're unable to pay people's salaries. We're unable to build motorable roads, safe motorable roads. We're unable to remove refuge, uh, refuse our trash from our, from our streets, right? And yet, you find people steal these funds as if we don't know what to do with money. And what's even more exasperating sometimes is how a lot of Nigerians shrug and say, let's move on. You know, it's not. this is not the first time money has been stolen. Um, people have to address these issues. We have to pause. We can't keep going on because, um, All the excuses we make for ourselves to justify this um, profligacy simply cannot continue. We're in a very dire, dismal, tragic place in our country. Yeah, I
1: mean, at that part, we can all agree. Um, It's just, it's like we all see the same facts. The country, doesn't matter where you live, um, if you have any love, for your country, um, and, you know, people always, um, some people, there's always a fraction of people who feel those of us that don't live in the country shouldn't even talk about it, which to me, I guess, because I see other people from other countries who care about their, whether it's uh, Italy or Colombia or Ecuador or China, even Chinese Americans or uh, Japanese uh, people who care about um, good Geopolitics, good um, uh, distant international relations, and in different, they have different people have different cares, but the fact of the matter is, um, in a selfish way, for those of us who in from different countries who don't live there or live in between, your your standing um, is always enhanced by. uh, by the development or the where you're from, you know, yes. whether it's development or this thing. So, in a selfish way, or in just in some people who don't even who might not be living in the country right now. A lot of people plan to go back, or are here for different reasons, or in other countries for different reasons. So, when you say, "Oh, you know," but we care, um, and that's the the, the the key fact. So, it, no matter the the spectrum you fall on, mm-hmm. we all see the same facts, even though. A lot of people interpret these facts in different ways. And the fact is Nigeria is in dire straits.
0: Simple. You know, again, to uh, sort of um, take up the point that you named, uh, that you made, which uh, people who who suggest foolishly, in my view, that if you don't live in Nigeria, then you have no business having a say in uh, the affairs of Nigeria. It is such... Again, is a kind of argument that on the face of it should strike everybody as absurd. Okay? But it's a kind of argument that again and again you actually find people who should know better making. First of all, the fact that a Nigerian lives outside of Nigeria, okay, does not reduce by one jot the person's emotional investment in the country, and indeed, deep-rooted physical uh, investment in the country. Remember that Nigerians who live abroad, especially those who live in the United States and live in Europe, contribute billions of dollars every year okay in remittances that they send uh, home the second and, uh,
1: the second highest revenue in Africa by, by most accounts and
0: and the country would actually collapse if that resource if, if if that income stream wasn't coming into the country so this is it's 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 is altogether really foolish for anybody to argue that if you're not in the country then you have no say Uh, If you don't live primarily in Nigeria, you have no say. At any rate, some of us uh, go home uh, as, um, you know, sometimes I go to Nigeria as much as four times a year. Um, There are Nigerians who live in the country, Uh, even the president in Nigeria. Buhari at one point spent such a long time outside of the country uh, receiving treatment, that it was questionable that he was, quote-unquote, a Nigerian resident, you see. <laughs> uh, same thing happened with Yaradua, who spent months after months, uh, m- m- months upon months uh, in hospitals abroad. Um, so Nigerians, wherever they are, whether they're at home or they live abroad, should see themselves as tied um to the fortune of, of that country. Yeah. And um, the other point that you made, which is also very, very uh, pertinent, is that the way you are regarded, all of us, the way we are regarded in our place of residence, whether we live in America, or we live in Asia, or we live in Britain or Europe, if your home country, your regional natal country is a mess, the truth is that you could distinguish yourself as the best neurosurgeon in America, as one of the best engineers and one of the best uh, scholars in the humanities, best writers and so on. But at the at bottom, when people look at you, they sort of wonder whether um, you are not infected by this mediocrity and failure that Nigeria um, project. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, spot on. So, um, I mean, the main thing is, the the, the next thing is um, how you know we see it, because it's, it's Nigeria, you could draw parallels to other African countries that I think Paul Bia lives in Switzerland. The list is endless, we could go down. Um, Paul Bia is president of Cameroon, lives in Switzerland. Um, Gabon's president is like, have paralyzed Ali Bongo as well lives in God fighting France we could go down the list um different ways of seeing it um as individuals as a collective of individuals we should be able to rise above um any of this irrespective of the history uh that we faced uh colonialism um Imperialism, then colonialism and all those kind of things. and then continuous miseducation and the continuous um, um, under education or or you know corroding of our, our our values, which you know most of our, our ethnic values prior to the um, wholesale uh, corrosion of um, uh, colonial powers and imperial powers we're good values Um, but now we keep corroding it so that's one way to look at it another way to look at it is uh you know morality you know as a human being don't you what we're talking about don't you want better for yourself yes don't you feel inside you you we can be better mm-hmm. um you know and, and at the end of the day is it are these things possible to achieve are we just talking are we dreaming are we mm. Are we being sincere in the aspirations? Is this a level of um, uh, sitting down, like some people look at, I, I, I mean, I, I phrase it as just a level of, oh, we want to be more, morally superior. Mm. Is there a level of moral superiority well, or justliness? Well,
0: one, one way to look at it is, uh, by the way, uh, one is not, uh, it's important to point out that one is not saying that Nigeria or Nigerians are synonymous with corruption, one is not saying that corruption is exclusive to Nigeria. That would be a stupid, absurd absurd claim to make. Uh, There is corruption everywhere. There is corruption in America where both of us live, right? We know this, and there's corruption at the town level, at the municipal level, at the state level, at the federal level in America. There is corruption uh, everywhere in the world. I think the difference between um, corruption in Nigeria and corruption, say, in a place like the United States is that if an auditor's report had come out in the US saying that a particular administration um, had spent a billion dollars that could not be accounted for or that legislators in Washington... Uh, uh, people in Congress have spent hundreds of millions of dollars that were not supported by vouchers. I think there will be a meltdown. I think the FBI will be arresting people and investigating things. I think people will demand that those who are implicated go to jail. The difference is that in Nigeria, we yawn, we drink our beer, we have our pepper soup, we feel fulfilled and we go to bed. Uh, that's at minimum. And then you have people who stand up and say, hey, you know, corruption has always been there. <laughs> um, uh, when some somebody else was in office, yeah, more money was stolen. So in fact, we should be happy that maybe less has been stolen this time around. Exactly. <laughs> uh, then you find people who say, uh, if it is you, if you are in that position, Uh, we're sure that you're going to steal. And I say, even if that were true, even if that were true, it still does not speak to the propriety or otherwise of allowing public officials who are at any rate, given the context of Nigeria, highly compensated for the work they do or do not do. Okay? And so to... um, uh, I give you. I give one example, right? Mm-hmm. If say Joe Biden were my friend and invited me to the White House to have a meal, and I went there, and Joe Biden gave me a nice meal and a few beers, a glass of wine or two, Joe Biden pays for it. He pays for it, yes, right? Yes, he does. If I arrive, Joe Biden cannot give me one car belonging to the U.S. government to take me around for the one week that I'll spend in Washington, D.C. I have to either pick up that bill or if Joe Biden wants to pick it up, he pays for it from his own salary. But look at a Nigerian, typical Nigerian governor or even forget governors, look at local government chairman. If you are local government chairman, You have use of an official car, which is fueled at public expense, which takes you to your private parties, private events. Your wife has access to another car. If you have um, uh, elderly parents in your village, you could send them one or two cars to use with drivers that are paid out of public funds. The car is fueled at the cost of the uh, local government. If your wife wants to go to London, you just direct the local government, buy my wife's business class ticket, and it's done. Do you understand? Uh, Governors, local government people in Nigeria have access to cash belonging to to their entity, to their communities, that they can actually hand out to their friends. Joe Biden, does not have access to one dime of American money in cash. Not one. You can't go to the White House and Joe Biden will say, here's $200 for your taxi, and it's America's (laughs) money. It's not possible. But Nigerians created this thing we call security vote. And that's something that at some point we're going to address, where a lot of, basically every governor has this security vote in cash in his office, or her office, and so they can hand out millions of Naira to, to people that they like, mm. you know? And, and so that sort, of, sort of openness, so we have a system that would actually, as some people have said in the past, it's not an original, something that will corrupt angels themselves
1: yeah I, I mean you you've hit the nail on the head which most people trace that exacerbation to um, the 99 constitution mm-hmm. and prior to that the office of the first spouse I call of course we've had female governors in Nigeria mm-hmm. office of the first spouse is the um exacerbation of the bangida regime Miriam bangida better life for raw dwellers uh, you know it's it's the moral question I mean I was, I was looking at something I was trying to take a look at something somebody posted. Um, you know, one of the groups that I've been, you know, he's talking about um, a name chosen by the people. I'm just going to quickly paraphrase the mm-hmm. whole thing that was written, because I wanted to make a point from here. The name, the name chosen by the people, you know, neither he nor she recognizes, you know, nobody knows essentially who chose the name Nigeria, or, you know, it's a is a Union of Sovereign Jurisdictions, Nigeria is not even a sovereign state according to this person. It um, says so it's, it's pract- practically a, a colony, pretending to have a constitution, pretending to be a sovereign state. But, has nothing practical to show for anything it pretends to be. Someone I knew personally, according to this person, is saying someone he knew personally or she knew personally, is a medical school dropout turned uh, clothing trader in mm. Turkey, was parading as a gynecology specialist oh, from France in, in Victoria Island in the mid-90s. You know, if, if Nigeria is, um, if people recognize Nigeria for what it is, then the domino, domino effect is sequential to point one two three, And it says that uh, Indeed, uh, the people's approach—you know, um, uh, snowball effect, all that, uh, right, right, all that stuff. Um, you know, it, essentially, the person just ends it by saying the escape from slavery is only derived, derived from mental freedom, not not mental slavery, which mm-hmm. is the point I was actually trying. But yeah, you know, person, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a, it's a situation where um, we a big part of what we are trying to do, and what, um, in in this form and in other forms as well. Is to um, shine that light on, like I was talking about, or you know, help people see things in a different from a different perspective. Um, I get personally get when you, when you start talking, when you or anybody starts talking about somebody stealing money, I personally get frustrated. Listening to the conversation, I don't even like to engage in the conversation mm-hmm. anymore, and the reason is this it's not that people in their 60s or 70s are was watching a video of a man literally crying and talking about how he he's one of like 50 children from his father uh, he's a, he's, a, a, he's a Yoruba from um, Elisha, well, uh, e- and he benefited from um, uh, free education all those things and then the father puts him on the mother or put him on the bus give give the bus driver money Um and um you know he would they would buy food on the way and then on the way back if there was any change they'll give his mother back the change all this kind of that level of honesty that uh, free education which was criminal not to even go to school mm-hmm. all those things had made him a professor i think of biology or zoology or something i can't remember what it exactly was um you know so it's that um, um moral um 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 question that uh that moral uh this thing that' we're sitting down you know we're, we're taking it we 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 ask ourselves, like I look at it, I'm like, um people in a certain era feel the the experience that people in other eras you know in my distant um, younger people in my era uh people in their thirties, their twenties um are literally some of the biggest supporters of <laughs> of of this kind of system. And that's what frustrates Mm, me completely. You know, sorry for the Mm long, but that is what I get to. I'm like, holy Mm -hmm. smokes. Mm -hmm. Um, Why are you, and it's not just people living in the country praying that, oh, one day their own tongue will come. God has blessed that guy Mm -hmm. like you always say. Mm -hmm. You know, it's people that, you know, have spent a decent amount of time living in other countries, not just in America, in Europe, in Asia. And have seen things, even in places like Singapore, um places that in 10 15 20 in dubai yeah in 10 15 i remember 20 years ago i remember uh first time i I got a visa to dubai was six months it was less than 100 bucks i never appeared there i don't even know how that works out now um i never had any troubles going through life obviously you know Mm -hmm. i don't use it it is thin but you know it's 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 Obviously, I you know two I, I had sometimes it's even two weeks for a visiting visa or mm-hmm. a month, um, all that all those kind of things. I remember the similar time I got the first visa to China. It was the same thing six months, one year. Which did you want? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a twenty dollar difference between the both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, last I had it was very distinct. In fact, from what I understood from certain people that live in America is that even when you have an American passport and you want to travel to China, and you were born in in Nigeria your processing time for your visa to go to China is longer than somebody who was mm. born in America. Mm. That is what I have from good sources mm. who actually go quite frequently to China. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I have a fact-checked fact Sorry, but I trust those sources. So it's that level of um, frustration you have from all these people who... Some of, some, people are in there, you've, some of us have been through that progression, even though a lot of us might have multiple passports, maybe it's, um, it's um, Antigua or some of these Dominica, these yeah. islands that people buy a passport, Belize, maybe it's America, so, yeah. Belize, mm-hmm. or wherever it might be. You know, maybe you're not suffering that, but don't you travel and feel that way? Don't you, you know, but instead you find people supporting that system, it's like going to, um, um, you that time I'm going to Nigeria and I, I go through Casablanca, they take one look, they'll make you, uh, you're American, right? You, you know, you can go outside, you know, almost like mm. I'm sure you're not Nigerian, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, you know, don't you, and for if it's, you know, don't you, even if you, you travel, don't you, um, see other people having whether you know smaller countries having uh europeans smaller whether it's lithuania or it's a costa rica or Mm -hmm. whichever country it might be caribbean south america you see the level of uh, this thing when you 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 but it's these people who are in the forefront of defending this corrupt system in my experience Mm -hmm. and they're the ones that wake up and then start lecturing people in Nigeria about what to do, mm-hmm. and then turn around still to say, "When you I ask somebody, okay, man, this is bad. Oh, I don't like Sunday I don't like Nnamdi Kanu. And then turn around, I say, okay, what's the solution? It's like, well, you know, Bangida is not a bad candidate to run for. Yeah, I'm like, wow, really? Something, yeah, hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: He, he knows how to bring Nigeria together. Somebody will tell you. Well, I I tell you something, right? They. um I understand your frustration, and, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, how uh, the the crisis in Nigeria, the corruption in Nigeria can be just so... bring you close to despair, you know, so where you throw your hands up, which is, unfortunately, where most Nigerians are, you know. Um, so you talk to some Nigerians, and they say, Nigeria will never you know, be better, okay? Well, um, some of us knew Nigeria when it was much better than it is today. And we were able to see in real time the slow degradation of the country, the process of the devaluation of values in the country. Um, And unless we actually... A, continue to discuss the issue and insist uh, that the system must change. Um, We're going to wake up and find that there is no space for our children. You know, that our children that we have in America or in Britain or in Switzerland, wherever it is, or even in Ghana that our children would not want to step foot in that space called Nigeria today, unless we're able to stand up and do the work. And I tell people, if you think that we can't fight some of the issues in the country, okay? Imagine how the Nam Namdi Azikiwe's, the Wallowals, the Tony Enaheros felt when they had this gargantuan force of British imperialism standing in front of them. And they kept going to constitutional conference after constitutional conference negotiating a separation from Britain. Or what uh, in a place like Kenya and the Mao, Mao movement that ultimately led to the liberation of Kenya, Um, the British, just the sheer um, level of their military power was just awe-inspiring. And yet, poorly trained people, militants, were able to mount sporadic attacks at British personnel, British institutions, convinced that ultimately they could shake this giant enough to be able to take the giant down, right? So the problem is pervasive. The problem can be frustrating. The, problem can, uh, the problems of Nigeria can actually just feel insurmountable. But guess what? We all, all of us, to one degree or another, contributed to the space we have. You know, I have a friend who makes this point and I think is eloquent. He says that if you don't like Nigeria as it is, you must first recognize that you are an author of it, that you participated in creating this mess, okay? Not all of us equally, obviously those who have, Run Nigeria as governors, as ministers, commissioners, uh, legislators, at state and local levels, local government officials, military dictators. Take a significant uh, responsibility for creating the country we have. But even so, at every point we could have resisted the uh, the march into a perdition of our country, right? But in a lot of ways, um, we have a way of habituating ourselves to to the corruption, because there is something attractive also about corruption. Okay? (laughs) There's something really, really attractive, right? So I I tell you something, I mean, I have a confession to make, right? When you travel on Nigerian roads, and you need to pee, okay? It's easy to park the car anywhere, get to the side of the car and pee, and get into your car and drive off. To do it in America, even at night, when I'm (laughs) driving through, um, and I do a lot of uh, cross-country drives in America, right? And sometimes I've needed to pee, and I'll drive a hundred miles you know, if you are if you are in a state like Wyoming, which is wide, you could drive almost a hundred miles before you see as a rest stop where you pee. It has never occurred to me to do it by the roadside. <laughs> you know, just just because you have a system that people have put in place, where uh, because conveniences are so readily available, that's not an option. But in Nigeria, we've Accepted it, you know, as a way to go. I remember,
1: what, I remember growing up with the um, um, highway management system. Yes, where you had um, um, highway managers, they'd fix the road, mm-hmm. all those things, and yes. then they had some rest stops on the road as well. Precisely. Uh, I don't think any of that exists anymore in uh, Nigeria. Uh,
0: v- well, finally, you know, if you if you go by road, uh, you go to a place like ore oh and so you have some restaurants, and they have toilets they are not typically in good shape at all you know they are not well maintained often water doesn't run uh so a lot of people still prefer to go to the back of a restaurant where people are eating and that's where they do they do their business okay but again these are things that we can change in a hurry so what, can,
1: what's the attractiveness mm-hmm of that, like the difference in terms of having, you, you can't do that in the UK or this thing, but in Nigeria, you could just do it, that. It, well,
0: what I'm, what I'm saying is that there's um, almost an exhilarating sense of freedom. You know, so in, in Nigeria- A, li- a libertarianism. Yeah, <laughs> it, so in Nigeria, if I'm driving and I need to pee, I don't have any anxiety, I stop and every, you know, I wrote a, a column saying that Nigeria, describing Nigeria as an open toilet, a vast open toilet. It is terrible. But also sometimes when you have the color of nature, right? Mm-hmm. So because there are, there are no rules, people say, okay, I can run into the bush and do this. So the, there's a, a peculiar, terrible kind of a sense of freedom, which is the same thing we find, say, if you're a police officer in Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. There are corrupt cops in America. There are police officers who, in America who will catch a drug dealer, take money from him, take his drugs, and sell the drugs themselves. I mean, police officers have been arrested in this country for doing that. Police officers have been arrested in this country for arresting prostitutes and having ripping the prostitutes, essentially. Okay. But the thing is that if you are found out, you go to jail, you lose your career, nobody would ever hire you in any serious job right but in nigeria you see police officers openly taking money because there are no consequences right um Did you see the
1: one the video of the police officer that was trying to take money and was um, stuck on the <laughs> on the hood of a car and they were driving the car? <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: so so you know so 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 the, so it's exhilarating in that way right that you can okay so i'll give you another example right? If um, you go to Nigeria and you're not supposed to bring meat, they, they take meat from you or they take fruits. If you bring fruits into America, they take it, right? So if I go to Nigeria and people give me a kind of fruit that I like, I'll say, uh-uh, I can't take it into America. I went to, uh, I went to Uganda two years ago and, you know, I love avocados And somebody said, we can fill fill your suitcase with avocados for $5. And I said, oh, let's go and buy it. Then I said, I can't bring it into America. Now, if I were going to Nigeria, and Nigeria has the same prohibition, I will have no fear because I could arrive there and raise my voice and the customs them might say, well, maybe this guy is a big guy. Or if I was inclined, offer a bribe and you'll pass. You know, I'm sure that in America, there is an officer who would take a bribe too, but <laughs> it's going to be difficult to find that officer, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you're, you're wondering, sometimes, if you brought out money to give to that officer, not only would he reject it, but you get arrested, and you're facing now that you imported something you shouldn't have have imported, and then you're going to go to jail for trying to bribe an officer. So, You know, so, I mean, there is this, um, um, one of the things, you know, again, I I want us to focus on personal responsibility Mm -hmm. because we can can talk about addressing issues of corruption like what we have seen in that Auditor General's report, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We can insist, um, and there are, a lot of NGOs there are a lot of political actors who should make this a major issue. The candidates, enlightened candidates who want to be governors and presidents should take up issues like this and bring them to Nigerians, university students, polytechnic students, students in colleges of education, high school, secondary school students in Nigeria. They should bring those issues to the students and say to them, This is what happens under a corrupt system. And this is how we're going to address it. We're going to make it impossible for anybody to have access to cash in the country, to have access to spend money without going through the proper, you know, uh, processes and so on and so forth. But then there's also the personal responsibility, which which I often stress, right? And that's where... Um, I tell people that if you want, if you if you want a better Nigeria, how about proposing yourself to be an agent for that better Nigeria? And this is what I mean. You have opportunities all the time in Nigeria to hand out a bribe to customs officers, to police officers, to whatnot. All right? How about you refuse? If you're a police officer and you don't like corruption in your country, how about you do the right thing? If you stop a citizen and you do a check on their car and you find that their particulars are fine, you let them go. Don't harass them so that they they give you money. But also if you're harassed, because Nigerians feel if, if I'm delayed, you know, somehow, to be delayed has become a cardinal sin in Nigeria. Exactly. You know? So on one occasion, I don't know, I'm sure I've told this story before. I had, uh, my wife and I were teaching at the University of Lagos as Fulbright scholars, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I arrived in the, uh, at the airport. I had come to America for a conference and then I came back uh, to, to, to Lagos and I was tired. So I asked one of the porters to push my, uh, my luggage. And as he started pushing, he turned around, and he said, hey, I bring money, make we settle customs. So I said to him, I don't ever bring in anything illegal. So I don't need to give a bribe to customs officers. He said, oh, they will delay you. So I said to him, stop. He stopped. I said, "This for me, this was an opportunity f- to educate one citizen. So I said to him, I'm coming from America. I said, in America, if an official asks you to provide, to open your suitcase to be searched, you open it. You don't give a bribe instead. If you give a bribe, you will be arrested. I said, so I'm coming from America. They searched me in America, or at least they will search me if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. This is my country. I have time. He said, okay, make you the blow grammar. He didn't understand the education I was trying to give to him, public education. Mm-hmm. So he said, oh, be blowing grammar. And so we arrived. Uh, he must have indicated to the customs people that I didn't bring money. So they called me and said, hey, come here. So I went. I said, what's in this thing? I said, well, some of it. I had bought a lot of American foods that my kids like." macaroni and cheese in those days and my wife is an artist i had brought her some uh materials for her artwork she's a ceramist and so the man this was a box which was taped to over the man said i want to see so i said do you have a knife he cut the thing open and he began slowly to bring out everything one by one what this guy said he was going to delay me as he was bringing out everything one by one, I was laughing silently, you know, because he didn't know who he was dealing with. So when he finished, he said, okay, I should pack the thing back up. So I began to, t- to I even became slower putting it back. It was my way of saying to him, if you thought you were delaying me, I have time. So I'll put one item in and then I'll think about it. I'll remove it and put <laughs> another one. He said, "Ah, oh, my man make you the do fast. I said, no, 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 no. I said, you took your time taking everything, everything out. I said, I'm going to take my time and repack it the way I wanted. <laughs> so when I finished, he pointed to my other uh, suitcase. He said, what's in this thing? I said, open it and see. He said, it's will make you the go. You know, you're you're waste. So, but for me, and I was teaching at uni like, the next day at class, I told my students of this encounter. Their response was, ah, sir, You should have settled them now. I said, why? They said, ah, don't you see that he delayed you? So I said to them, I said to them, you can't encourage corruption in order not to be delayed. I said, this is my country. i would come back after a long trip to my country. Okay. I want the officer to do his work. So if he felt his work was to delay me, I should accept it. But I cannot participate in corruption because, a, I, at some point, we've said that at some point we're going to talk about the issue of corruption in the educational sector where some lecturers, not all, but some lecturers, perhaps too many, take sexual gratification or cash in exchange for grades for their students, okay? Well, I will not do that with my students I will not um, accept a bribe from my student, either of money or their bodies. So, if I'm not participating at that, then I will not participate in giving anybody else a bribe. Okay, and and so, is a kind of commitment that a more and more citizens were going to make, rather than, as you said, make allowances for excuses for corruption or say that somebody who has, whose entire uh, reputation is that he's stolen a lot of resources in the country. And Nigerians say, yeah, that man, a man like Babangida, um, should come and run our affairs again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean, uh, um, individual responsibility uh, in terms of building a better society is... Um, really asking people to follow the unpopular path. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing, and even in life, that's very it doesn't matter where you are, that's very hard to be um, standing on one side where everybody's standing on the other side. Mm-hmm. But inside you somewhere, you know, you're following the right path. Yes. Um, like they say the right road is always hard. Uh, and on that, you know, it's um, just to transition to the last thing we're just going to talk about before we end this episode. Um, it's talking about that leading into... Um, Possibly being be the building block for having a a society a society with a stronger sense of um, fairness, mm-hmm. and I'd be the first to admit I don't think the American society I could get into that in terms mm-hmm. of uh, oligarchy. I think mm-hmm. in America has run has run amok, run rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could get into that and all those kind of things. But that's America. Um, but obviously, in terms of um, uh, Nigeria, is not even on the radar mm-hmm. whatsoever. So. You know, that's something that could lead into building a stronger um, a stronger citizen. Um, the question is, you know, how does that, the thing is not even just the question is, uh, those kind of distance would, did somebody, did that police officer learn more or is there a more efficient way, is there a better way to keep, um, or like what we're doing here, you know, hopefully people get to listen a lot more and um, try to say, hey, this is um, what I have done or what I am doing from a moral perspective. Because obviously, Nigeria, um, having a sense of morality or trying to be a good person Mm -hmm. is not in the thing. It's just like you've alluded to, how much resources can you steal? It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're a medical doctor or you're a lawyer or you're an engineer, it's all about how, what kind of resources are you an accountant, Um, what kind of access... Do you have to um, government coffers or a lot of money, money. Yeah. so you know it's it, it, is that is that question of that distance is it what kind of um, um, mental freedom like I pointed out to this thing how do you break that mental freedom how do you get that revolution going on an individual basis that mm-hmm. comes together as a collective um, is a statement is mm-hmm. a question it's mm-hmm.
0: all of the above yeah you know again that's um, uh, uh, part of the reason I stress. I've stressed and I want to stress again that education is key. And I'm not, I don't mean education in its narrow sense of teaching people concepts in philosophy, um, ideas in microbiology and so on and so forth. I mean education as the broadest enlargement of the human, what it means to be human. So to, if people understood for example, uh, it is actually a scandal that people don't understand the basic lesson of our life that we come into the world naked and helpless. we go out of the world abject and propertyless okay that's those are two irreducible facts, okay so whether somebody um, has worn uh, a, 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 um, a $20,000 shoe every day, whether they wear jackets of $100,000, whether they pr- uh, have 10 private jets, whether they eat um, gold plated plates and so on and so forth. In the end, we die. When we die, if you are a billionaire or a trillionaire, your money has no use for you, okay? Uh, your money cannot elongate, prolong your life beyond for, for even a second. You can't buy a second of life. You know, you can get ex- uh, you know, excellent medical treatment where a poorer person without access to that would have died, okay? But ultimately, when it comes to your moment to live, to, to die. You, you die, basically. And when you die, if you are fortunate, the most fortunate people have access to that six foot deep grave. Okay? That's, that's where you live. Okay? What sustains you subsequently is the legacy. Did you touch people in a positive way? Did you let people touch you in a positive way? If we understood that, then you begin to have profound pity for somebody like Mobutu Seseka, who stole billions of his country's resources and ultimately, when he once he was dislodged from office, the countries in Europe where he owned palaces and mansions and so on would not even let him come to their space. He was consigned to living a miserable life in in Africa and dying miserably. Somebody like Abacha who stole billions and died a death that inspired public celebration. When people are celebrating that you have died, I mean, all of us die. So in a sense, it's stupid to celebrate that another human being has died mm-hmm. because all of us are going to have that fate. But... The public celebration is, a, is it's, it's, it's a verdict on the kind of human being you were and the very terrible life that you led. Nothing else matters, okay? All the finery that he acquired for himself and all the expensive things that he acquired were just useless to him, okay? So, But this sort of education is something that enlightened people in society must begin to disseminate, which is why we need more enlightened people participating in politics, okay? dislodging this idea that politics is best run by the people who have stolen the most money before, which is the going logic in Nigeria. It's illogical, it's, it's, it's meaningless, and it can only lead to greater and greater disaster, which is why where we are. So I would hope when we were talking about starting this restarting this podcast, we agreed that there is a particular urgency uh, in Nigeria, uh, a particular political conversation that needs to be had, and that we should encourage the enlightened visionary elements within society to come into the arena. And it's gonna to be tough work because the, the scene is polluted and people, people's minds have been, you know, turned the wrong way where people think that Etinubu uh, should be a serious candidate, or an Atiku. These are people as I said in a previous podcast, whose entire, uh, their entire legacy is that they went into government and became wealthy. They, they raised the kind of question indeed that we started out today with, which is how do we allow a billion dollars to just go poof in a country that is economically depressed? And then we go to bed happy, okay? It is the Tinubus of our world, the Atikus of our world, the Ojikalos of our world who have um, created and perpetrated and want to perpetuate this kind of Horror, mm. um, and so uh, it's, it's going to take. It's 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 tough, but we must not despair. We must we must not get tired. Um, at some point, we're going to talk about churches and their participation in creating this mess that we're in. Their um, you know, Because a lot of pastors, a lot of imams have actually um, championed the kinds of criminals who have wrecked and continue to wreck Nigeria. So we have to talk about all of that. But education, I think, is key. And that's part of what we try to do week after week on uh, the Offside Museums podcast. Yep, yep, yep,
1: yep. So I put it out there and, um, you know, put that... that um Information, content, um, dialogue, out there. So uh, with that, it's a very, um, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, it's a task, I guess. But um, so yeah, yeah, that's um, that's just it's a task. It's a, it's a journey. It's, um, it's something that we believe needs to be done, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, any last words for?
0: Well. I, I think actually that in my last answer, in a lot of ways, I gave, I gave the last word. Um, I think that there should be reckoning in Nigeria. I think that um, people should not go to sleep over the latest Auditor General's report. Uh, again, to recap, which found that ministries, federal ministries and Agencies of the federal government spent 324 billion naira for you know, proper uh, um, um, context. This is close to a billion dollars. That money cannot be accounted for. The members of the National Assembly could not account for 5.2 billion dollars. This is apart from the absolutely obscene um, compensation that they receive and the uh, constituency projects that they oversee, which nobody has seen any meaningful constituency projects. I, I, I would urge enlightened Nigerians, I would urge their constituents, I would urge civic society Uh, legal organizations and so on to insist that the government go beyond this report by their Auditor General and identify those who were responsible for these funds that are missing to have them prosecuted and to have them repay the sums uh, that they misspent. All right. So with that, hopefully the
1: next episode we'll talk about um Justice.
0: The judiciary. The judiciary judiciary. judiciary is very important. You know, judicial reforms in Nigeria. As a
1: third arm of government, as a distant and um on an individual level too. So
0: thank you very much again for joining us. Have a great rest of the week. Great. Fantastic.